Hello and welcome to the squeakiest bum time podcast with Mike Laurent. It is Tuesday, February 22nd of the 22nd year of the 20th century. Uh, in this episode, the War of the Roses is resumed. For those who don't know, that's Man United versus Leeds. The title race gets a lifeline, but first, Mike, are you alive? Are you okay? And also, how am I doing? Am I okay? <laughs> no, you're not. You're never okay, though. In fact, you're happy... You're happy that Man City lost so that you have something to talk about. But on the anniversary of the miracle on ice, we sit here talking about the first time in the history of El Dushiko that Tottenham Hotspur has done the double Dushiko. They have taken all six of six available points from Manchester City after an absolute barn burner on Saturday afternoon. Tottenham three, Manchester City two. I I jumped ahead to that the most important score of the weekend. We're going to talk about it almost exclusively in this episode. If you don't care about this game, you're lying. First of all, second, it goodbye. Awesome. It's okay. All right, Laurent, let me go the scores. to the scores. West Ham one, Newcastle one. The how revolution is revolutionizing, and West Ham take a dump a dump on their own side. They are in trouble, but uh, West Ham playing really well. Arsenal stake their claim again. Brentford still sliding. They are up 2-1. The young kids are there. Smith Rowe and Saka with the goals. Brentford pull one back late. My beloved Brighton lose at home to Burnley. For fuck's sake, what's uh, going on? Tough, tough loss. Uh, Liverpool find a way winning 3-1 after going down versus Norwich. For a minute there, it looked like they were going to lose. But then Nor Liverpool was like, get the fuck it out It never here. really did. And they put the like hammer down. South Southampton and the Hassan Hoodle, uh, Hoodoo take, win 2-0 at home against Everton. I guess uh, Frank Lampard's not actually that good. And then the Lam with his other friend, Mr. Gerard at home, losing to Watford 1-0. Mm -hmm. The Gerard revolution not really going well. Everything's running through Coutinho. Maybe the Coutinho thing's going to fail. Chelsea get lucky. Lukaku has seven touches in the game. Two and a half. Beat Crystal Palace 1-0. It was not as good a game as I thought, but Chelsea can still defend like fuckers, but no uh, no Gallagher, so we give them a pass there. Tottenham 3, uh, 32. Don't want to talk about that. In the War of the Roses, a classic mud, blood, thunder, fighting, wetness, soggy pitches. Leads to Manchester United 4. It was a fun game, I'll admit it. And Wolves continue, and Leicester's uh, world still sinks in the Battle of the Dogs. Wolves 2, Leicester City 1. Uh, with Rodgers getting the dreaded vote of confidence from the board. Mm. No me gusta. But let us go to the uh, aforementioned Etihad where we're hiding funds on our sponsored stadium. I'm sure it's overinflated because that's what everyone says about City. And City and their million-dollar team, their hundred-million-dollar players on the bench, and the narrative shift, shift, shift of two to three West Ham, Tottenham beating City, uh, setting the record for expected goals on shots, something like 0.2 per shot. So that means all the chances that Spurs created were incredible chances, and they could have scored more. They could have. City dominate possession. They huff. They puff. They do nothing. They get. They go level on a dubious penalty. I almost wrote to you. Well, and hold said, on. No, I no, don't no, 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 Wait, no, I didn't want it. Through, I didn't want it. We're gonna go through every single fucking <laughs> inch of this match, starting oh, with the 
fourth minute of the game. A yes. classic throwback to the Champions League clash between us uh, where Sun is gone and away off of an absolutely incredible pass from yep. Perry. the oh. should-have-been player of the season last year, you Harry Kane. You finished eighth. Um, okay, thank you. He is <laughs> by, and by far the best player in the country. It is not close. It was on full display in every aspect of the game on Saturday, and it is irrefutable. And I yeah. welcome someone to come on the show and try You know what? He literally, I think some. I saw something, or I have to look it up. Someone did a study. He's literally running faster now. Yeah, like well, I believe it. He hasn't had a he, knee or an ankle injury in Yeah, fucking, he's oh, literally God, fitter. That. Like, he looked good. Like, handsomer. Yeah, well, okay. So, the interesting thing is that everybody's talking about how the fact that Manchester City had 72% possession. They had 20-plus shots. It didn't matter. And they're talking shit about Antonio Conte's tactics because it's it's only it's only when his tactics at Tottenham are under scrutiny, right? Not when he's at Chelsea, not when he's I, at. I don't, I don't. So so hold on, but so Antonio Conte late, earlier yesterday or late this evening, I should say, hit back and he had the replay of the first goal, which started with Loris in net passing it out. They yeah, they it basically all, all, everything was out from the back, out from the back into Kane in central who pings it all the way away to Sonny, and you have seen this in your nightmare so many times, but instead of him pushing it away because Ederson comes sprinting out off his line, he squares it to Dejan Kulisevsky, new boy, and he he nutmegs uh, Cancelo, I believe. Yes. And it, it he goes whisking away uh, into the empty net, 1-0 to Spurs, and at which point I go, well, that was hilarious. I didn't even react because, A, I thought Sonny was offside. B, he was not. B, I was like, all right. I mean, well, we're going to do this. So uh, th this game was very reminiscent watching it of like the second half of Ajax for me, the, the famous Ajax game. Because the first goal, I was like, oh, man, like now they're just now you just pissed them off. Like, why'd you go and do that? <laughs> See, I, I don't agree. I, I really felt like from a city perspective, as I rewatched the game, because I was uh, I, Aveline, pr proud of Aveline. She did her first confession. I don't know what she said, but uh, it was. You <laughs> My know, dad curses a lot when he watches sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know what she said, but congrats. She got her cross. She's uh, Catholic. The guilt is now not just from me, but from God as well. So that's exciting. So I didn't get to watch the game live. I sort of followed along. But I thought as I, as I rewatched it, I saw all the hallmarks of City are going to lose this game uh, or we're in trouble. The early goal, I think, gives Spurs confidence and I think allows and gives the feeling that the defense has something to hold on to. It's not just we're defending. It was active defending, right? Yes, they were deep. Yes, it was 5-4-1 and all this stuff. That's fine. But it was not weak sort of we're standing here for no reason. Everyone was pushing out. Everyone yeah. attacked challenges. The whole group fought for each other in that thing, in those moments. So and when Spurs attacked, they were clinical. All the attacks uh, okay. were really, really good. Except for the fact that they were fighting for each other, and it didn't work, okay? Because uh, you had Gundogan hitting the post. You had Sterling surging down the, the side of the play. Everybody was flying for City. And the goal comes off of, and by the way, 
in our match preview, I said that I felt good for no reason whatsoever. I thought that Spurs would get a draw out of this. I thought they would go 1-1, and I thought Loris would be the man of the match. And, well, put it this way. He was as important in the second half as he was questionable in the first. Now, the goal that they score to tie it is a low-sinking ball, and it sort of short hops him, and it, it escapes him. Right. And Gundawan is there to deposit it. And it's one, one um, that's harsh on Hugo because it's a very difficult, it, it is, of, it, of course it's his mistake, right? Like it comes down to him. He's a world-class goalkeeper. That's you're supposed to smother that, but the way the ball hits the turf right in front of him, it's he's going, he fumbles that. In fact, most goalkeepers in that spot, they, they, they parry it out, right? They don't necessarily have the ability to hang on to it. The unfortunate thing is that it came right to Gundogan, and he was one of, I think, like five players in the box for City at that moment, and he puts it in. So so that's 1-1, and at this point, you're just sitting there like the whole first half, okay, is just, God fucking, uh, come on, just get to halftime, just get to halftime. It was to the point where I wanted them to score before halftime so that I didn't have to watch the second half. I said that to a number of people I was watching the game alongside with through text message, whatever. So um, it was the writing was completely on the wall for the second part of the first half after not even after pretty much after Spurs scored in the fourth minute. So um, you go into the break square and now Spurs have basically been given second life. Okay. And and that's where you go, okay, we're going to fucking do this. We're going to have a couple of chances. None of them are going to go our way. City's going to score a goal. And I'm just going to be angry when I told myself not to be angry about this. This is how I'm entering the second half. Okay. Kane was everywhere. I've seen him in some big games disappear. I've seen him in some other games be an absolute force and be unfucking stoppable This was as good as I've ever seen him in all facets. Yeah, right. And 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 Sonny was right there to play the Robin to his Batman again. Um, He puts him. He basically is the. He has the cross on the second goal, uh, I believe. So on sixty minutes, City didn't really do much in the beginning of the second half. Spurs were in the. But then after after the there is a there there is a concerted after the Kane goal. There is a good, there's a good 10, 15 minute period where you're just like, oh shit. <laughs> yes. You guys are in trouble. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and so, so yeah. And, and so Kane goes, takes us up 2 1. And the save by Loris on Gunduan is the shit that I'm talking about. That Huge. is a save. That's a save that one to maybe, I would say the one where he, like, oh, where he, where he's like, I broke my elbow. Yes. Yeah. He full extension <laughs> on, on, on Gunduan. Yeah. I, I would say there's not more than three keepers in, in the world. Not necessarily. Even I, the, you know, you don't have to, stop. you don't have to, I mean, you're going to defend your guys. It's a good save. <laughs> I, I get save. it. I, I, I just, you know, there's so many things about city that it, it's, it's, it can be really difficult to talk about city because they looked right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensively there was some mistakes like the, the sun goal, Diaz steps up, he gets way out of position, but I think he thought the pass from Kane was so good. I think he thought Kane would take a touch because he was like, he's not just going to pass this around a corner on one touch. And Kane had confidence early 
right. to put that ball behind. But we've seen Had he that. taken we a touch, he's half high. of last season, right? Like yeah. Kane actually, he he sees the ball coming, goes, Sonny's over there, right? All he has to do on that first touch is put it into an area. That's yeah. the thing. He knows yeah. he knows you're playing a high line. He knows Sonny's yeah. already got a head of steam going. He just has to go put it where and the, and he's the going to be close. And the runs from Sun are so good. They're yeah. timed perfectly. He's he's not offside awesome, but he was extra, extra good about not being offside. And I thought that Kulashevsky was running with him. And he has that, he's that weird winger, those weird wingers that are like Yarmolenko, speaking of Ukrainians. They, hopefully, I think they got invaded today, but I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. We're not um, really sure. In that they're tall and big, and you're like, you're not supposed to be a winger, but or he fast. is. Right. And he was. He worked and he was working with the group. Yeah, and I think that, that that group will come together and it'll at least like it'll at least give Mora, give other teams something to think about. Mora will still be there, but Mora is almost 30. So that was good. Right, right. Uh, I think your whole group, I thought Hoiberg was good, even though he'd Hoy- been he- terrible. We were really and I think, you know, if we want to be fair, like having Dyer in the side made a difference. Almost There's no certainly. doubt about it. I would have uh when the lineup came out, I was talking to a friend and I would have, I guess, had Sanchez in for Davies, which is very much a pick-your-poison scenario. But having having Eric Dyer calmed everything down, and Dyer and Romero are a fucking force. They all they're they're very similar style of play, and they feed off of each other in a very very uh, advantageous way for Spurs in the back. So um, they're going to get their into their fair share of trouble because they are both aggressive type center backs. Um, they always, they take, try to take a bite out of a challenge here and there. So there will be problems down the line, but they will be far more beneficial than they are harmful if they are consistently a pair for the rest of this season and beyond. But I think one player I want to bring up in speaking of the, you know, the, the, the Tottenham defense, uh, the other signing Betancourt was terrific. Rodrigo Betancourt, he pocketed Kevin De Bruyne. There really wasn't much for De Bruyne to do in this game. And that and that came down to Betancourt being all around him. There were three or four instances, as I was just watching before we started recording, where he makes a sliding tackle on him or he just like completely dispossesses De Bruyne, which that's not something that happens frequently. No, yeah. I mean, De Bruyne did not have a great game. Only so, 70% pass completion. You know, didn't have his – he didn't lead the team in, sh- in shot-creating actions – only had three, so he, he did not have a great game. He had a lot of touches, but they didn't he didn't he didn't affect the game. Right, like and we expect. were saying it just before we started recording. It was it was an instance where Spurs played great, but it wasn't like it it wasn't like City played poorly. City played decent. They've had their yeah. chances. I mean, I, I think, think there was a couple really of mistakes the on the on the goals. I think yeah. the offside the Diaz got turned around. I think that that sort of caused the problem. Sure. I wouldn't say. I think. When City lose games, this was not a this was not a we had lots of chances and didn't take them. The chances we had were okay. It wasn't one of those. And Spurs has the players to beat City. Like you played, yeah. Spurs played their best game that they've played probably since the last time they played City. Honestly, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh absolutely. So there, there, there's that. Um, you know, I. City did pull level. I think the the penalty, I didn't like it. It didn't make me well, happy. Well, you missed. You missed. I mean, we've got the, the VAR goal, before whatever. that, yeah. right? So, so we're sitting there, and and as soon as that doesn't go Spurs' way, yeah, ah, I mean, that gave the, the team go. a lift. Here we go. Right. So yeah. I think um, this is one where 
you know, you, you, you start to feel not when, not if, but when is this going to gut punch? Well, can I take one out? step back? The second yeah. Kane goal is fucking incredible, by the way. <laughs> like the it's, second we're, one that counted. Yeah. Yeah. The one that counted. Yeah. In the 60th minute. First of all, right. Sessignon was in a part of it. I'm always going to hold on to Sessignon as my guy. He's one of my sons from the championship. Uh, <laughs> so I want him to be good, but uh, he he's part of the, he gets the hockey assist. But the finish is not easy at all, and he made it look easy. It's on the half volley, on the run. He starts the move get and gets it to Sessignon in the first place, who then kicks it on to Sonny, who, who puts it into Kane. So all of it was Kane. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. It was just one of these things where he's doing that. He's the 10 and the 9. How he's, how he's finding that energy in that fight, it was very much... Um, I like to use the the Michael Jordan one. It's a fuck you game. It's like, yeah, we're not we're not doing this sale. Yeah, okay, we're doing this then. I'm showing you what you're missing. Um, I'm, I'm reading, and, 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 and I don't and I don't get to see Kane all the time as much as you do. So this is one of those where you go, oh, fuck, god damn yeah. it! Like, yeah, it's one of those. It's things weird like- having that guy and still not being that good. Like it's it's very <laughs> very it's. <laughs> It's like watching. Uh, this is a hockey nice reference, but it's like picture. watching. It's like watching the Oilers. It's yeah, thank you. Uh, it's yeah. like watching um, like Connor McDavid do what he does in Edmonton, and you're like, how the fuck are you not really good by now? And we blink sport, right? You just need one or two. yeah, you need, yeah. But uh, one, you you have only one defensive pairing, and you need three, and all, those other two guys, you're just hanging on. I'm trying <laughs> to find. I'm trying to find where in the because mo- it was after the VAR. Uh, goal was taken back. It would have been three one for good, uh, yeah. but Ederson makes a huge save off of off of Kane. Uh, I forget. Harry Kane was... saved on sixty four from Son and Betancourt. Oh, so it was it was before. It was before the. Uh... Oh, that's right. No, 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 no. It doesn't it, matter. In the yeah, second it's, half, it's right before the Gundogan shot. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, that's right. Because because that's that's right. That went. Almost a one-two, which would have just decimated me. Right, and that was um, the ten-minute period in from about sixty through to about seventy-five. That city put a lot of pressure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it, and, and, and you were and you were getting nervous. Yeah, and so Kane goes down on the in like eightieth, and I'm like, "Yep, here you go, VAR. Yep, Kane injury. Yep. Uh, let's see what else is going to happen next. Like Spurs, like." Spurs missing a huge opportunity. It was like check all the boxes of a Spurs City match. Um, so yeah. when when Kane went down, I was no longer concerned about winning the game. I just didn't want to lose it at that moment. Um, and obviously, late in the game, it's a shit penalty in the sense that it is the correct call. Right? I don't there's want no, it though. I don't. There's want no question that. about that. Well, hold on. I didn't want you to have it. Um, <laughs> I fucking hated it. I did. But, I was like, this is bullshit. But uh, sure. But let's be clear. Christian Merrill goes to ground. He puts his hand in front of his face so that he does not break he doesn't his get very hit in pretty the face. Argentinian nose. And it hits him in the wrist. Look, is, is the hand away from his body? No. Is a hand in an unnatural position? No. So on paper, I actually still have some, some you know, I have some qualms with that rule. Um I don't it. think that's one that you realistically. I hate it. I didn't want it. I was like, this yeah. is bullshit. So and we had the draw. Well, hold on. Because up. now that you've, you've got drama, because Loris 
owns you guys on penalties. Oh, right? I wasn't worried about that. Well, I was I was hopeful. <laughs> and you know what? Mares put it where nobody could stop it. Because it if he didn't penalty. have it, if he put it anywhere close, because Loris guessed right and he got a good push, he yeah. was going to stop that. Yeah. Um, so it was a very, very well taken penalty. And yeah, I mean, at that point, you're like, okay, uh, well, it's been the penalty. It's been the VAR review. You already have six minutes. They're going to give City as much time as they need. Like that was genuinely the feel that I had watching this. I'm like six minutes, Wait, 14 We're minutes. not loved. Are you kidding? Who are you kidding? I'm telling you. And I have, I have, and I have a piece of data to back that up. But so out of almost mean? nowhere. Everyone hates City. Everyone. The whole world no, everyone, hates I think us. that's one thing you and I have in common. But uh, out of nowhere, right? Kulisevsky runs down the flank. I think it was Betancourt that put the ball into him. And in it comes was. Kane in the 95th minute, and he yeah. buries Kyle Walker, which, by the way, on replay made this even better. Yeah, he and was kind of weak. I just, I, I, I kind of, I couldn't believe it, right? Like, like there's, there's no way that Tottenham just won this game for arguably the fourth fucking time. <laughs> you did. At the Etihad. And so, of all of the dramatic games that we've had, this is, I mean, it's it's not number one. It can't ever be number one. But, like, this is comfortably the second best Tottenham Manchester City game I think I've ever, you know, been a part of as a fan. So, um, but, yeah. but I will say there were two things. A, if you watch the replay of Pep crumbling and Conte shitting his pants. <laughs> That's amazing. I forget the name of the fourth official, but he gives, like, a disgusted look when the ball goes in. So, I'm like, you motherfuckers. Oh, come on. Get out of here. I'm, anyway, I'm uh, I you know I give a lot of respect to Spurs. I think what's interesting to me is the entire Premier League industrial complex is like, oh thank God, oh thank God, and we'll go into Liverpool. Liverpool are at Anfield. They go down a goal to to Norwich and they win it. And the effusion for Liverpool getting the lead in this game is like as though they beat the greatest team ever. Yeah. It's fucking Norwich. Norwich, one of the worst teams in the league. Fine, Mane with a good goal, Allison with a cross to Salah who scores a goal, and then Diaz gets a goal as well. So they, so Liverpool do what they're supposed to do, which is beat Norwich three one. It was dramatic, but the is the league back on? Is the whole thing going? They couldn't even let Tottenham have a goal celebration without shoving that in, and that was (laughs) that was the problem I had. Is that in the context of this game now? Now. I hate people who are fly-by Tottenham fans. What I mean by that are folks who are fans of other teams who need Tottenham to show up, usually when they play City or Liverpool or United or something like that. No, but that's the nature of fandom. That's what you know what? I wanted to lose so that they would be mad because I woke up going, we have to play Manchester City today. I'm not going to be happy, but if you can also be unhappy – then I can be happy. And so the problem <laughs> well, I like, find is like, I'm going to be rooting for Leeds harder for, than I've ever rooted for every team. Well, sure, absolutely. Life. And look, is it good for the league that there seems to be the um, the idea of a title race? Yeah, sure. Great. Terrific. I'm psyched about it. But you know what? Manchester City is still so much fucking better than, than Liverpool on paper. Are it's they? not close. Yes, <laughs> they are. They're, yes, they, they are. It's very close. It's not close. It but, is. Right, look, Trust well, me. Well, here's one thing. 
Liverpool has a gripe. Fine. But I heard from a, a Chelsea fan who was like, hey, thanks for beating City. I'm like, what fucking delusion are you oh, on? Fuck you. Don't even talk. Let me Don't be very even. clear. Chelsea. Tottenham are closer to Chelsea than Chelsea are to Manchester City. Okay, so why don't we just put that one on for size and say, wait a second, you don't have a fucking prayer of being anywhere close to these two teams. And we've been saying that on the show for a long time. So I think it was the combination of hearing from a number of fans, United fans included, who just hate you and want, but like, that's fine. They can, but if, but if, if, if you have to choose between city and Liverpool winning the league as a United fan, wouldn't you just pick ISIS? I don't know. But like, if there is anybody I think who doesn't have a dog in the fight and then gets to say that they were rooting for Tottenham, you don't get to ever, ever sit at a Chelsea Arsenal game and have everybody stand up if you hate Tottenham. You guys are so obsessed with us that you can't be there and say, hey, nice job. You guys beat City. Go fucking fist yourself. Out of here with that. Yeah, Liverpool I, I, fans, I have another gripe with you because hate. I'm just nobody, – nobody deserves to be sad. As much as you do, because oh, you nobody. act like beating Norwich, you act like anything that your club accomplishes should be remembered for time and memoriam and just never not talked about to the point where Manchester City have been significantly, and I mean significantly better than you. You threw your absolute best punch, the best punch your team's history has ever had, and City fucking beat them. And they stand there, and they have the dick and or balls to still talk about how great that Liverpool squad was. Are you crazy? They didn't win a goddamn thing. So the next time well, they you did, talk they to me about League. being trophy-less cunts, how about we talk about the fact that you guys just can't get over the fact that you are in love with yourselves and nobody else, and that's why everybody should hate you and not Manchester City. This <laughs> this guise of financial fair play unfairness oh, I is, is hate it. oh, get over yourselves. Just knock it. it the fuck off, okay? Your, one of your it. owners is LeBron James. I don't want to hear about how you are poor, penniless Liverpool. Okay, this is yeah. not this is not the same thing. There's yeah, I, I I I can't deal with the there's just like constant din of city and their money. I mean, it's 15 years already. They literally have created a structure to move on. I don't. I hate that 13-14 is Liverpool losing the league and not City winning the league. Yaya Torre had 20 goals. I'm still salty. He should have been the PFA player of the year, but instead all we see is Gerard slipping. It becomes the Liverpool season. Uh my team won't be loved and I have to accept that glory has to be earned. I think I've had this rant before. It's going to take another 20 years. It's going to take a European night classic where City wins. It's going to take a long time that Teams like Liverpool have had their narrative built on fucking Bill Shankly and his communist socialist fucking city. He literally would say, I am a socialist. Uh, You know, that's what your club ethos is. But you don't really care about other people because you're full of shit. You don't have jobs uh, in, in, in Liverpool, as far as I understand. Uh, Then a bunch of scousers tried to attack Phil Fielden's mom at a fight, which was fucked up. (laughs) That happened. I feel like slapped a woman in the face. Did she put out a cigarette on somebody's forehead? That's what I see when I see Phil Foden's mom. Phil Foden's mom's got a nice rack. She's a little round, feisty bitch. All right. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Dude, she's just probably Have like, you seen the video? It's pretty No, incredible. I haven't. I'll look it up well, right after we're done. Definitely though. look that up. So Phil Foden was at the fight in Manchester, famous English fighters, and these guys just started fucking with him in his suite, and his mom comes out and slaps a guy in the face. <laughs> I love that. And then he, she gets hit, and then he comes out for a second. He's like, wait a minute. I'm Phil Foden. 
I got to go back in this room. <laughs> and then another guy comes and starts swinging a fucking um, a, a fire extinguisher. It was pretty intense. Oh, that's uh, outstanding. And, and then, of course, because they're scousers, they're giggling like this is normal fun stuff. This is right. sick people. Anyway, crazy. I don't like Liverpool. I understand that City have to earn their glory and have their moments. And we will see you on April 4th at the Etihad. But what's crazy is City won 13 of 14, 45 43 of 45 points. They lose one fucking game. Right. And it's back on. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool are a worthy opponent. I hate them, but they are fucking good. And that goddamn Anfield roar, and I say it with sadness, my stadium right here, Main Road, was the equivalent of fucking Anfield. And it was torn down. And I have this to say uh, as I think about things. When you lose your home, it fucking matters. You can never get it back. It is a thing that is missing. You can't recreate it. You can't find that energy. The Etihad will never be Main Road. Uh, the London Stadium will never be the bowling ground. Uh, or th- Those teams, High- Highbury will never come back. You'll never have uh, um, Old Spurs Stadium. It's White gone. Yeah. Uh, White Hart Lane will never come back. So it is a shame. It does suck that modern economics require it, but Anfield has that. So they have an advantage. Old Trafford has it. They have an advantage to be in their homes and we can go talk about fucking uh, Ellen road and Manchester United playing leads. Those ancestral homes that fucking matters, right? Like I was watching an old Seinfeld and they cut to George being at Yankee stadium. And I saw the bat and I saw, you know, Uh. Yankee stadium. I was like, it's fucking gone. And I just was like, it's not the same. It wasn't worth it. (laughs) It's never worth it. Unless of course your team is shit and Shea stadium. Nobody misses Shea stadium, but anyway, that's a whole nother sport. That's a whole nother thing, but we have to remember these places. They hold the memories, right? They hold time. And I think it's unfair that Liverpool get to fucking hold on to shit because they have their memories of every game at Anfield. It's the same stadium. They live in the same dilapidated neighborhood. Everything's still falling apart. It's all the same. And I, and city have to overcome that and create their memories within the context of the Etihad, which we have one memory, whereas Liverpool has all of their memories. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm sure there, there's not fucking Claudio Reyna 2002. Oh, remember that time they scored a goal to stay out of the relegation zone? I don't think those those don't hold moments, right? No. So City have to create that, and hopefully we can. I don't know what I was talking about. I just hate Liverpool so much. Well, you, were gonna, you were going posi- <laughs> to you were going to transition to the Leeds United game, but I'm going to hold on on that one yeah. second. I want to look through a little bit more. Of because you know what, whether I like it or not, it's good for the league that we do have a title race. Do I think it might be short lived? Yeah. Do I think City are going to come out basically as if we kicked the hornet's nest and ran away before any of them showed How up? How much better yeah. can they get? Is the problem they can't get better, they can get angrier. And Everton on Saturday is going to get like if the if the spread is four, take it. Like City <laughs> is going to beat them. And they're going to make a fucking statement and an example out of them. They're like, hey, you first and then your fucking neighbors. They're well, I, just, go in there I, I think one thing that, that I didn't bring blue. up was City had played in the week and that made a difference. There was a little bit of something uh, missing. Of. It a was, little. We talked about it. Well, so did well. Oh, Spurs didn't, I suppose. It, a little. <laughs> a little. A little. Um, 
No. Now, I City didn't make was... any changes. They only made one change, which yeah, when Pep but... complains, shut the fuck up because yeah, you didn't no, even use your subs. True. That's true. So. And in a 5-0 game, so uh, against Sporting in midweek that we talked about before on the last show. But, yeah, I mean, look, there are tough games on City's running, okay? The they biggest... have to play. They host United on March 6th. That has now become a fucking massive game. In fact, after Everton, that's the next um, uh, Premier League game for City. They go to Palace. Never easy. They host Brighton. That's not easy. Burnley is it should be a laugher. Then the big one on April 9th where they host Liverpool. Okay. They don't have an easy run in either. Wolves. No, no. And I, I was getting to that. Yeah. But also, I happen to notice that I'm trying to find where the first match was between these two clubs this season. I'm getting there eventually. Uh, we're, we no, we're like uh with they Liverpool. Drew two, was, two. Okay, yeah. They drew two, at at that's right, at Anfield. So Big Ben Anfield is not on their side in the specific case of that game. They're going to have to go to the Etihad and they're going to have to perform. So that's another feather in City's cap. You've got Wolves, not an easy game, but a winnable game. If you're the champions, you go win that game. Watford, Leeds, Newcastle, West Ham, and Villa to end the season. Show me the show me the drop points, right? Like so. So even if even if. Liverpool pull off that win and you're even and you're probably down on goal difference at that point. Okay. Between now and then, Liverpool, West Ham, Brighton, Arsenal, Man United, uh, you guys obviously, Villa, Everton, Newcastle, Spurs. Hey, everybody will be a Spurs supporter that day too. I'll tell you that right fucking now. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle, Wolves. So, so a lot of the same, but I still think looking at this, and they also, by the way, they have the uh, uh, coming up on uh, next Sunday, the EFL Cup final against Chelsea. So they're they're already have one or two more games packed in than City over the course of the next two and a half. And they're months. both going to be trying to win the Champions League. That they're both going to be going hard on the Champions League. So they I may mean, end that, up facing each other, which would suck. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, no, you're both going to be in the quarterfinals. So God knows how that draw is going to go. Um, but there's not many. There's not many buy rounds left. Could be four English teams easily. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, it could. It could. It's Athletic certainly going to be three. Atletico's terrible. It's certainly going to be three. Yeah. Um, Chelsea's going to beat, well, they playing Lil. So, um, and Lil that's this week not, too. Lil is but I not mean, a fucking hotbed of, I mean, they're a good team. They've won the league. They're there for a reason, but they're not in the class of, no, 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 of course English not. Teams at all. But so effectively, what I'm saying is you've got, for Liverpool, the difference is Arsenal and Tottenham uh, you are still left on Arsenal's schedule versus clubs like Leeds and Watford, right? I think I think Liverpool doesn't play Watford. Or, you know. Oh, no, they do. The point being, I think the City has a more advantageous schedule in the sense that— Five. There's basically five more drop points left. That's it. For, for either Whoever team. drops five first loses. Well, and that's and and all that comes down to is April 9th, essentially. Then, right? Um, Maybe six. Whoever drops, whoever first to sit, first to drop six loses. That'd yeah, be my guess. Yeah, definitely. Because that would mean you lost the derby and you lost to someone else. Yep. Yep. Or you drew um, lots and lots of games. But yeah, right? I mean, but that'd be my guess. Six more drop points. And it's that's gonna it. be. I mean. 
as we look at them, like Le- Leeds will play into Liverpool's strength. They're going to win. They're going to get blown. The They're going to get off them. kicked the shit out of. Unless, um, unless, unless we sort of go, hey, but Leeds have just played in. The- We're going to go into this Leeds game. We just this United game where it was full throated 1990 Leeds. Dirty leads. Like, I don't think this is one of these moments where if you're not a Premier League fan or you're one of our dwindling American fans, (laughs) but hey, hello, England. Um, Leeds v. United is a real deal hatred rivalry. It's Mm -hmm. municipal. It's cities hating each other. It goes, it's got long history. Uh, Leeds in the early, Leeds were the last team to win the championship before the Premier League was started. So they mm-hmm. were the last champion. They did beat United. Remember, Ferguson was not the manager was the manager from 86. He had been there already 5 years before the Premier League even starts. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of history before the Premier League even starts, young folks. And Leeds at versus Manchester United is a big game and it just went right back to it. And it comes from the Leeds fans who are are very much the Millwall of the North. Yeah, they don't forget. <laughs> they don't it's funny forget. because, you know, United gets shit, like all their fans travel up from London, right? But um, but Leeds, Leeds, like, no, we've been here the whole fucking time. We've been We've, up, we've been, been here down. the whole time suffering. And I yeah, mean right, exactly. suffering. Like this Going is our down chance to punch you. Two it's, levels. It, you know, they they have yeah. they don't they probably have stronger I mean, they have stronger history than City, but they were in the wilderness and they're happy to be back and they have Bielsa and they came to fight. Mm-hmm. And it was wet, and it was dirty, and McTominay seemed to embody the the power of United. They went in hard. The guys got tackled. They were wet. They were cold. They were fucking water sheens of, of the ball stopping. They essentially had a torrential rain at halftime that soaked Ellen Road, who, if you remember last season, remember the pitch kept falling apart? Yes. It's still not quite there yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so Leeds came out. They got... It looked like United was going to have an easy game. They scored two goals early. Uh, they scored their first headed goal by Slabed himself. They're 104. They had 140 straight corners without a fucking goal, which is pretty <laughs> crazy for that team with Ronaldo and Slabed, uh, Harry Maguire. Uh, but he was into it. Then um, uh, Bruno Fernandez got a goal as well. And then it in two minutes, Leeds get themselves back into the game in the second half. Rodrigo comes on who we know is, is it Rodrigo? Rafinha comes on, who we know is like the greatest player, not in the top six, basically. Uh, Although maybe Coutinho now takes the title. And um, Rodrigo does a cross. It goes in. Then uh, Daniel James, who's turned out to be pretty, pretty good. He's been a little plucky (laughs) down the stretch, huh? He's been been coming on. And, And listen, he wasn't good at United. Maybe the club was too big to him. I do think that in a year's time, United are gonna be like, Maybe we should have kept him and not Ronaldo. Because he <laughs> he's the kind of player that Rangnick would have been like, yes, fucking press, you little bastard. Yeah, he's a psychotic little <laughs> he's, he's a psychotic he's a, runner. And they, yeah. they get back into the game, but then you know, United's quality just come through. And you know, Leeds defense is just it's just fucking laughable at this point. Alanga misses one, but then scores one on the break. And it was it was a fun game to watch, it really enjoyable cold and wet and rainy and salty and just classic war of the roses lancashire uh versus everyone and united do keep their place in the top four but 
They're friends from London. Their historical rivals are, as we talk about Ferguson, we can talk about Wenger, and we can talk about Arsenal pulling it together, Smith, Rowe, and Saka yeah. making things work. Uh, I did see there was some hate for Lacazette. Every time I watch Lacazette, I'm like, he's fucking good. <laughs> he's inconsistent, though. It's hard. Right? Yeah, but he, I mean... his problem is he doesn't finish. You want him to score, but he does the job, right? He comes, drops short. He gets, get, he draws fouls. He brings other players in. Like you want him to get more finishes and more goals, but he's doing Giroud's things. Right? So Remember? we're we're looking at a tremendously important week here coming up yeah. for the top four race. Who's yeah. real, who's not? And there are three questions we have. Um, yeah. As West Ham, by the way, we're not going to cover it probably. 1-1 one, one with Newcastle. Huge point yeah. for Newcastle. Uh, but again, really West Ham is. dropping points in games at home that they should win. Uh, yeah. They're not real, right? Like they're no. on 26 games played. They're four points behind United. Conversely, Arsenal are on 42 points with 23 games played wolves are on 40 points with 24 games played and spurs I, I, are on 39 points with 23 so I, so those are the three teams i'm focusing on right now because you're looking at the fixtures coming up you've got burnley spurs and i mean shit if you can beat the fucking champions you can go to burnley on a wednesday night he said foolishly um, you know what no because you can't counterattack against burnley you're gonna have to break them down no i know i know i know but but so largely let's pretend that spurs win this game okay <laughs> Uh, for now, it really is irrelevant for the moment. I know, I know it's irrelevant because you're going to have Arsenal and Wolves playing again because it's a, a a postponed game from early in the season at, uh, the Emirates, huge, huge game. This is where Wolves stand up and be counted or fall back into the, the nether regions of the under, uh, Dude, Wolves no, here, no, I disagree. Score. I disagree. They sold Adama Traore and they stopped having all of their golden chances hit into Rose Z. These guys can finish. Raul Jimenez they is back. Score. No, I disagree. They are they're I'm not saying they're scoring four and five goals a game. They can get off the mark now. And I think Jimenez is really become a really important player. That the player that they've missed really since he got hurt. Uh, what was that? Almost two years ago now. And by the way. Pedro Neto is close to returning and makes a huge difference if he's anywhere close to healthy. Huge question. The, the, the player that. that they have that makes a difference for them is Jose Sa, who is keeper of the season. Sure. He's the Emmy Martinez of this season. Remember, I, I'm we, not we talked that, but uh, he's the guy that's dragging okay, them on. But if they're they're not going to, if they can't score, they're not making the top four. I don't care if they have Jose Sa or you in net, right? <laughs> so. You're absolutely right. This is part of the reason they are where they are right now. But now they need to kick on. They need to win games. You're not playing the Everton lead Brentford part of the schedule right now. You're playing Tottenham, who you took care of business with a week ago. Now you're going into the Emirates, right? You just had a game at home where you dropped you dropped a game 1-0 despite being 20 minutes uh, up a man at the end of the game. You couldn't yeah. get that equalizer. So now you have a chance to rectify that, right? Do you take advantage of it? Or does Arsenal take that chance and go, hey, Man United, knock, knock, knock. We're right on your ass with two games in hand. So that's a huge few days. Again, to Spur, even if Spurs win, right, they're on 42. I, Arsenal can render it irrelevant, essentially. And, of course, now that I say this, both teams will draw and the four, top four race will be effectively over. But um, – 
I, I like the I like I'm excited for the Arsenal Wolves match on Thursday uh, because I think that that's going to teach us if we really have a top four race or if we have a couple of pretenders. I, and that's a that's a game where it will be determined if if it's Moutinho and Neves, Grant Chaka has to not fuck up. That is the game. Yeah, in the midfield. Yeah, because. Because Smith Rowe, I mean, sorry, because Partey's been playing well. He was good in this game. Uh, uh, Odegaard was incredible versus mm-hmm. Brentford. Like, he's really, really, really special. And when he figures out that he can shoot and score goals, he has not put that into his game yet. He has the runners with him. They, they were so, so good. Like, I, I really enjoyed watching Arsenal. Now, granted, like I said, they are going to make their hay against the bottom half of the league where they can play. Um this will be a game that I think Arsenal will like their chances against Wolves because they're like, okay, so we just played somebody who sits deep and tries to hit on the break. We can do this, uh, mm-hmm. but it'll be whether Moutinho and Neves can stop Partey and Odegaard to a lesser extent and make sure that Shaka does not fuck it up because this is the type of game where it's salty, it's Connor Cody, it's bad weather. Wolves are a traditional team. They play, they have the Englishness that's necessary. I think the Portuguese secretly play English football, it, it, weirdly, when they're well, in England. Some, like the, the, the top 1% don't, and then the rest of them, the rest of them are like uh, uh, Pepe, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah, they, they're, they've got the Englishness. Yeah. So I kind of like that. I, I really like, I really, really like Moutinho, even though he's old. I like the idea of that old central midfielder that's hanging in there, and it'll be a battle of the midfield. I could see Wolves being like, we'll take that nil-nil. And then we'll take shots and see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, but that that should be going really well. Um, the less talked about this Chelsea game, the better. I don't. I think they're Chelsea are in a weird spot right now where it's Champions League. They've got the EFL, but they're really locked into that third slot. They really can't go anywhere. I, I can't imagine United catching them because they're so much better than United. But they could get dragged in if they keep slotting around. They could be pulled into three out of uh, make that extra third spot available. There's there's still the only team that they can make it available to is United, right? Like the worst Chelsea can do. They're not going to finish fifth. Okay, so the the worst thing that could happen to this top four race is United kick on and they start to catch Chelsea because then they both are basically out of sight. Um, But I think. Uh, Chelsea are effectively a cup team this year. Their yeah. relative indifference to where they are in, in the Premier League, especially off the backs of a few like fucking miraculous wins, especially the one this weekend, um, it sort of makes them a, a much more dangerous cup team. They're in the EFL final. I believe they're in the FA Cup fifth round or yes. the quarterfinals. Yes. And obviously, uh, starting on Wednesday, they'll be in the uh, the in this round of 16 of the Champions League with an easy matchup. So in all likelihood, they'll be in a final and two quarterfinals right off the jump. They could do three trophies this year without really thinking about it and cruising in the Premier League without ma- losing that much room. The issue they have in this, they're, they're almost like a rich man's wolves, right? Like they can't score. They fucking, yeah. because they've got this Lukaku problem where he literally did not show up in this game. Whether it's the way, I don't know what happens when you put on the fucking number nine shirt for Chelsea, but unless you're Didier Drogba, or you simply vanish. Mm-hmm. They've got Havertz. They spent 
I mean, they if we go over the last 10 years, they've probably spent more than a half a million dollars on strikers and have nothing. Yeah. And they fleeced the greatest fleece job in fucking history when they sold uh, Eden Hazard, fat Eden Hazard. They took, they fucking pulled the wool over Madrid's eyes and they yeah, spent sure. it on German players and they're getting nothing from up front. And unless they get these sort of goals from their wingers, which they got with Ziyech and they were getting from Reese James and getting from uh from what's the Ben what's the other guy that got injured? Chilwell. Chilwell. They, all their goals were coming from defense. Yeah. Without those goals from defense or wing backs, they're fucked. But the thing is, is like they have this weird thing where the theoretical Chelsea is really good. Like sure. better than any team in the league, right? What if 20 goal Werner shows up? What if 15 goal Havertz shows up? What if 20 goal, 25 goal Lukaku shows up? Then all of a sudden they're not stoppable. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't I, I think, exist. No, I think, I think Ziek has really been uh, coming of age in the last call it month or so. He's 30 <laughs> coming of age. How old? He's 28 years old. 28. All right. Well, my point, he still is. There's only his second season in, in the premier league. Right. Yes, so, that's right. um, and he's really, what my point is that he's been bedded in, uh, he's become an important player that they bought. They thought that they yes. thought they bought, right? Like, yes. um, so he's been, he's been as good as Lukaku has been bad lately. And I think God, that's Lukaku been the difference is, in a few games. Lukaku's so bad, but right. But, but so I, my question then becomes, well, who else is going to be his supporting cast, right? Like you mentioned, Werner, is this his time to shine, right? How many times do we have to hear about Thomas Tuchel just smoking Romelu Lukaku in the media. When are you going to give Werner a go? Right at this again. point. Yeah. Uh, again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what the answer is for Chelsea up front, but you're right. There's, I mean, it's Alvaro not Christian Pulisic, right? Like, <laughs> it, and that's the other thing, you know, like you, you have all this attacking talent. It's almost as if they have the similar problem as city, except they have a couple of number nines and they wish they didn't. Right, like they <laughs> right, these- right. They should just not do it. Right. Yeah. They should yeah. just go the other way uh, and just go the other way. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm just looking at the lineup that they played. Lukaku, Ziyech, Havertz. How are they not? Is Mason Mount hurt? Like, I think he's so. The, he's the one that makes the whole thing work. Mm-hmm. Without Mount, they, they, yeah, I guess they had a lot of guys hurt. It, look, their team's weird. I don't know what they're up to. Like they brought, yeah, they had to bring fucking Loftus Cheek back in. That's how you know they were in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you see Loftus cheek, you're like, oh, that guy. Oh, you're cl- you're clearly you're cl- he's their Nathan Ake. He's their <laughs> Delhi. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have been hurt. He's a I'm not shit gonna Delhi. Yeah, I, we're not gonna like lament the pains of Chelsea, but they are good. They do have a good coach. They just have to figure out the Lukaku thing. Otherwise, they've got a hundred million dollar millstone. Uh, I thought that I think he has just disappeared since that fake controversy where he's like, I want to go back to Inter. I was like, so wait, let's, I I brought this up in the squeaky bomb time, uh, Facebook group, which you are all welcome and encouraged to join. Yeah. Um, and I put a poll and let me see what the results of that poll were. Um, but last I saw the question was, uh, who spent a hundred million dollars worse Manchester (laughs) city on Jack Grealish or Chelsea on Romelu Lukaku again. Um, so (laughs) I, I put that out there without much context and the votes, it was close. It was 60, 40 Grealish uh, over Lukaku. Oh, and 
I think I think there's I think that's coming off the uh, the weekend's events, shall we say? Well, Grealish isn't even playing, so doesn't matter. This guy, um, but also uh, I, I think that there's not really we've talked about it on the show, but I don't think that there's a broader appreciation for what Grealish sort of is meant to be. But also think back to when they purchased Grealish, and we've yeah. we've, we've talked about this. KDB was a was a question mark. He was on one leg, right? Yeah, like, he was in, he was a he mess. Was, he was he literally for, said, I should not have played. They gave me painkillers in my ankle. Right. He was playing for love of country in the Euros. Yeah. And he was remarkable, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it was always a question: like, is he really going to be able to go again for City at this point? Or is he going to miss a couple of months? Or is something else? So Grealish not getting into the side is twofold. A, De Bruyne, thankfully, you know, you don't want players like that to be hurt, you know, all world players like that. Uh, thankfully has come come good and he's been okay. Um, but also Jack Grealish and Phil Foden were fucking off, right? Like Foden got the headlines, but Grealish was right there with him, being idiots, going out, having a good time. When Pep was like, don't be an asshole, right? City has the luxury of being like, you're playing great. And he says it every time. And to be fair, Grealish has been good. He's had to completely rewire his brain to Pep ball and go away from, I drop for the ball, it comes to me, and then I just sit on it and just fuck around. And he yeah. can't do that anymore. And he's ha- slowly had to get out of it. He's taken his shots. It's a $100 million price tag. I, I, I'm I, not worried about him because there's been so many players that have come through City, from Mares to Bernardo to even Raheem Sterling has been in and out, and he comes back. That's the beauty of City. If you drop your levels, you don't play. Mm-hmm. Period. I don't care who the fuck you are. There's no... Automatics. The only automatic player on that team is Ederson and Diaz. And that's it. And if Diaz starts to fuck up, if you don't think that Pep Guardiola will go to John Stones and Laporte, he will. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's not in stone. Otamendi was the fucking main center back on a team that earned 100 points. He was gone in 18 months. It's like, bye, fuck off. Yeah. Like, yeah. So... Uh, it, that is the nature of City, that you can buy a $100 million player. It's not the end of the world. We just go, all right, when he's ready. Yeah. <laughs> now, other teams can't do that. <laughs> no, other teams can't do that. But also, like you said, they had he had to basically adjust the way he plays the game. But he was bought at least maybe, and they were hoping it wouldn't be the immediate future, but with the, the KDB less – future in yeah, mind. They always reload. They have a whole system of like Rodri came in before Fernandinho was washed up and they yeah. kind of, Oh, can they play together? Oh, they play some. Uh, we had that weird season where all the center box got hurt and he had to play in defense and mm-hmm. you know, Rodrigo Rodri was a problem. Now this season along with Silva, he's probably been city's best player and it yeah, took sure. two years, three years for him to yeah. get into that level. So Grealish is 25. He'll peak at 27. De Bruyne will will be probably be off the team by then. Yeah, he'll be he'll be, be part time player. So if we were to look at this poll in two years, we'll we'll probably be laughing at it, right? Like yeah, he might be like player of the year by then. Lukaku will be know. back in Italy, scoring for <laughs> Juventus or some shit, and and Grealish will be black hey, players in Italy. Well, I'm you know he did it for Inter <laughs> is what I'm saying. Yeah, and, it, and, it never goes well. Well, my point is that Grealish will have ten goals. and ten. 
and he'll be powering City to the near the top of the table. Yeah, with, with um, him and Foden and, and 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 maybe Harry Kane or maybe oh, don't you or, start that again? Or what's the other guy that are Alvarez that just new, scored a hat trick in a couple? Right, of, yeah. The new rumor is that uh, King's going to run down the contract now. So they're so tired of making rumors about him leaving that now they're going to say, actually, he's just going to stay next year and then run it down and leave on a free. What will happen is, is whoever doesn't get the Holland Holland. Mbappe thing will come after Kane. Sure. Right. And that might be City again. I don't know. Maybe this time they'll just do it. Maybe, maybe uh, Levy will be like, you know what? Uh, Conte, you're a it's pain in my fucking so ass. It's just so weird to me that we yeah. sit here and they're top of the table. They have they've they've lost in the EFL Cup for the first time since the War of eighteen twelve, but they have won off the most goals in the league, and they're sitting here still talking about their striker problem. Was was striker <laughs> oh, really the ta- problem? No. Well, I mean, technically yes, because we literally don't have one. No, but but, but no, no, but like the idea that you need one is it. It's made up. It's made well, up. It is English problems and English issues of you must have one. If you don't have one, what will we do? Right, and exactly. Pe- We're just going to talk about how you don't have one, even though you have 63 goals and 26 games played, even though you're comfortably into the quarterfinals of the Champions League, yeah. even though you've won the fucking title. Only when we lose do we need right. a striker. Right, but that's and the thing. Way, is we have Kyle Walker got abused on that last goal. Do you need a new right back? No. No, you don't. Just you just wanted, got beat, I wanted to you got beat for so the third time in 26 games, two of which by Tottenham, by the way. And this is not a problem. You're just not the team that's going to defeat everybody 5 nothing 38 times in a row. That's no, that's what we learned. That's what we learned. But that's what I love. I, I love it. I'm not – I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't want to play Liverpool. I'm glad it's not at Anfield where we ha- – but we could potentially have some classics. We've got City going to Manchester. We got yeah. So we've got the the the, the Manchester derby. We've yep. got Liverpool versus Manchester still to come. We've got Leeds versus Leeds is going to show up versus Liverpool because they have pride. Oh no, they're not. Uh, <laughs> but we've got Spurs. They have always got, going just, to Anfield. I think going to right? Anfield. Yeah, we've got some yeah. barn burners Shit. still to come. Um, less concerned about Chelsea, but this race is not over. And City, are, there's going to be some moments. And what is the cliches? Twists in the tail. I don't know where these mm. English people are twisting people's tails. That sounds really fucking painful. It sounds like something the Nazis. It's would a do. fair. No, I don't mean that. We're all just kidding around. That was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike and Laurent. We're not definitely not Mike. Maybe me. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss a show. We don't want to go over an hour because then time runs out. Ah, fifty-eight. 